the, yes. the system makes money on everything that spills off of us that a doctor's not allowed to make money on. Correct. Without someone with the compliance knowledge that Sheila has, there's a lot more difficulty in doing this job. And that's when people say, well, why doesn't everyone do this? Well, because that code doesn't pay. If this made the insurance company's money, this would be a covered service. The hospital healthcare system here is given a pretty large check by those replacement governmental insurances to force to them it. to accept that insurance, okay? Welcome to the Zero Downside Podcast with Dr. Wade McKenna, sponsored by MoabTexas.com. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Zero Downside. Today, we have a very <laughs> special guest with us. She is a insurance guru, a billing specialist, and a huge asset to our team and the other fiery redhead on our team that I really, really enjoy and appreciate. But we're going to be discussing you know, why insurance doesn't cover these procedures that we discuss on our podcast, um, pretty much all the guidelines, restrictions that insurance has, and then, you know, potential other options that could cover these procedures that you might want to look into. So I'm going to let Sheila introduce herself. Hi, I am Sheila Yala. I am uh, been doing this billing specialist um, revenue cycle management for about 20 years. Um, that's been a long time. I've seen uh, medications, insurance, physicians from a long time ago when they had paper charts to now. So I've kind of seen it all and been in the gamut for a little bit. I now currently working for Dr. McKenna and I'm super thrilled and excited about what he's doing and how I can potentially help patients figure out how to get the best value for themselves while getting a procedure done that Dr. McKenna provides as well. First of all, I'm absolutely the happiest guy in the room right now because this is one of those additions to the team where you don't deserve it. You weren't looking for it. And it's like, God says, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to throw you a solid. Right. And not that it wasn't time <laughs> that I get a solid, <laughs> right? Like it, it, you know, they're, they're, they're all saying you're not paranoid when they really are out to get you. Um, that's kind of how, um, the, our, our practice has been, I mean, you know, I've been in private practice for 25 years and, in the very beginning, I'm really attentive and set everything up and you think you got the wheels on right. And then eventually the wheels fell off <laughs> and you don't know yeah. until you're worried about keeping doors open mm -hmm. because there's been graft and corruption and stealing. And, you know, everyone in the office had a side deal that I didn't know about because mm -hmm. I just want to show up and do the cool part. And can we, can we clearly state that this is before I showed up? Mike is who I reached out to to help me solve the problem. And it yeah. was literally, you know, no, again, we've talked a lot about people like I don't have anything against a non-believer, but obviously I'm not a non-believer. And so for me, it was very much a God thing that, you know, one of those quiet time moments in the shower where I'm like, okay, I need help. And God's like, call Mike. And I'm like, huh? I had talked to Mike in a couple of years of time and we see, we used to work together a lot. Um, he's repped one of the shoulders I helped develop. And so we knew each other and I, and we'd always talked about, there'll be a day where we should do something together yeah. because I knew he was this moral ethical guy. I, he's like the boy scout friend. <laughs> he's my Jiminy cricket actually. Right. Yeah. So, he, um, so for me, 
um, you know, married to his high school sweetheart, two little, two twin daughters, same age as my youngest. So it was one of those things that worked out because I had to get Mike in to, to clean house. And we spent the first two years uncovering rocks and finding out terrible things. Yeah. And then we, we literally, Sheila came in by accident as we were trying to find a receptionist, I think. It, I mean, yeah. And way, I mean, there was a point in the interview where Mike looks at, Mike, Mike gets me, he calls and says, look, he said, I literally looked at her and said, like, you're not a receptionist. And she looked at me and was like, well, you're not an office manager. And he's like, no. I, and she goes, well, what's your role with McKenna? And he explained. And she was like, well, obviously, I'm looking at this as I think I can help you guys. And so I what thank you again. Um, um, and thank you. But I feel very blessed because when I still will have to pull Sheila in a room because I don't know the answers. Insurance changes so much. Yes. And every time I make the effort to learn or go to a course, it's 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 all out of date six months later. And I'm not going to spend all my time going to courses to learn about something I have no control over anyway. That's right. That's a doctor should be a, should have to focus on being a doctor and only a doctor. And and I think the struggle for physicians who are in private practice, especially, is you guys have to do everything because you have to know the rules or you have to have someone on your team that knows the rules well enough that you trust that's going to not get you in financial liabilities, insurance liabilities, and you be able to just do what you do best, which is practice medicine, right? To do what you were- In a perfect world. That would it be- It hasn't necessarily been my world ever, um, but employee physicians have it easy, right? Because they're- Absolutely. Kind of. I mean, they don't never get to do the right thing, right? So, they, yeah, that's so I don't know morally and ethically how they deal with it. I guess eventually you're just like, hey, it's a living, it's a job. Mm-hmm. I've never, ever approached what we do that way. And I always feel like the minute I do, if I can't be passionate about what we do, I'm done, right? Like th- there's no reason to fight the fight this hard when I could go to work for the system and make more money. Right. Uh, I mean, I could exactly. literally, I've literally had job offers in the last six months that would have paid me $200,000 a year more than I make. Cause I don't pay myself that cause there's not the money there to pay myself that. But if I, the healthcare system, you physicians are like lost leaders, right? Yes. The, the system makes money on everything that spills off of us that a doctor's not allowed to make money on. Correct. We can't make money on the surgery on the, we can't no. on, like, I can't get reimbursed on the product. I can't get, re- I can't do all that in hospital. I can't get kickbacks from big pharma. I can't get the, the kickback that pharmacy benefit managers get. I can't get the, the, the kickback that the hospital gets Absolutely. from the manufacturers. I can't, cause that would be all illegal. Yeah, but they can do it. They can do it. They can do it. Yep. And that's their whole business model. Absolutely. Right? The, business the, model. The, what they pay the physicians is not, it's just like cost of doing business. Like yeah. they don't make a profit on that. Um, so for me, not wanting to do that, if I don't have someone like you, I mean, I have to literally have Sheila in the room to explain to a patient, how do we, how, what's the how, best, best situation to, for them? Yeah. Like what's the best way to navigate the waters when they actually need a surgery but the surgery that I want to do to them doesn't really work without cells. Exactly. And, and we, so without someone with the compliance knowledge that Sheila has, there's a lot more difficulty in doing this job and doing it right. Yeah. And I, I bring only uh, because I've done it so long, rules are rules. I don't like rules, but if you don't know the rules, then you, you can't help the patient. So I come from a patient advocacy standpoint and also a physicianal I feel like a physician's advocate in a way too, because you guys, you don't have the tools, you don't have the means to be able to navigate that while trying to treat a patient at an optimal level, right? right? So 
you can be a great doctor or you can be an okay physician, but getting that, that medium where you're treating a patient, but having to jump through hoops to do it. And I don't, if you know what the hoops are, it's easier to, to navigate. And that. I've never, and to be really honest, because I've worked pretty hard to be me, right? Yeah. Um, I don't really respect the guys that know all that part anyway, because the guys yep. that focus on that part of the practice exactly. are very rarely talented. They're, they're great business guys. Yes. But a great <laughs> surgeon and a great business guy rarely live in the same world, right? I mean, it takes a lot of focus and emotional involvement in what I do. I mean, I will literally, there's a part of my brain always running on solving a patient's problem because if I don't have an easy solution for it, I will continue to look back and check in on that processing stream until I come up with an answer. The guys that, are, that have a, a set formula for everything mm -hmm. because of the reimbursement schedules, I'm sure release that the minute the patient walks out yep. because the reimbursement schedule says this and this is what I'm going to do. I, I just can't. I, and I never want to have to be limited by what someone else is not a doctor. Dictating. Is, 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 that's never seen the patient mm -hmm. is telling me what to do based on what's the best financial way to get it done. So, Absolutely. <coughs> so, my allergies are killing me. So. <laughs> we can tell by the low voice. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, Sheila, if you wouldn't mind, would you start to unpack the common question? I feel like I started passing off to you. Usually I'm the one to answer, oh. but you give such a clear definition that there's like no way to go around it. There's not a loophole for us to be able to bill your insurance for yeah. these procedures. And I, I give Why them to you and, and you go off on them. So I'd love to hear you say that. There, because of what Dr. McKenna does, what what he's providing a service that he's providing that's really helping people and treating people, insurance deems not medically necessary. And what that means in the eyes of all insurance and the the larger entity, the government insurance that regulates all of the insurances, says is medically necessary, is what you can bill for. And so because the procedures with stem cells or cells or biologics, all of that, all of that combined. It's, it's it's experimental. There's no proof. Although, how many how many papers no. have you written? How much there, proof have you provided? Si there's over 6,500 pub published papers showing the benefits of cellular volume just with the machine we use to spin down bone marrow. Yeah. Right? That's not. I mean, if you look at the worldwide literature going back again, this goes back 20 years. Right? Like, if you would have told me that we'd still be fighting this fight, I I I, I might have moved on. But it makes such a difference, right? Like it'd yeah. be really hard to be passionate about something that didn't work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so just because you don't get paid for it is not enough reason to not do it at the time of a surgery. And we'll talk about even with rotator cuff, it, we don't get paid for the biologics at the time no. of rotator cuff. We don't even bill for it. No. Because if, if do, I build for it, it might get the whole procedure kicked back. If you get billed for it, everything gets denied. And then the patient yeah. is going to get kicked back that bill from the hospital. The insurance is going to call back on them. So rather than try to maximize my reimbursement, and, and that's when people say, well, why doesn't everyone do this? Well, because that code doesn't pay. Mm -hmm. And if you bill that code, you're not going to get paid for doing the rotator cuff, which isn't a big deal because the hospital bill for the rotator cuff surgery is going to be $50,000. The physician bills two grand or less. Less. Um, and then, and, and, and you don't want a patient to get clawed back on a $65,000 bill. Mm -hmm. So if I bill for the biologics, it might keep that hospital bill from getting paid. I just don't do that. Yep. Now, does it take extra time for me to take mm -hmm. the bone marrow before the surgery? 
Yes. Yes, it does. Does do I have to reprep and then position the patient for the shoulder separately? Yes. Is does it add about 15, 20 minutes to my OR time on that part of the procedure? Yes. Is it are the hospitals happy about me doing it? No. No. <laughs> are they getting paid for that kit? No. no. But do they weigh over bill for that kit? Absolutely. Yes. So, so in my mind, and, and none of that, they get that kit. We say this all the time, but they get that kit cheaper than I do, and I invented it. So it's not like I like that. That's a little yep. offsetting, right? Like it's it's hard to be. It's easy to, to be upset about that. I don't focus on it very often. Yeah. Um, but it but it's a little irritating. But but we still, I'm still a really inexpensive surgeon for the hospital because I don't spend a lot of time in there doing that. I'm very efficient with my moves. I don't waste extra tips and all the other equipment that a lot of guys will use because I, I know how to get the best result. Because yeah. if I put cells in the cuff, what's published is you avoid that 30% failure rate, right? And we yeah. avoid infections. Like we haven't had a surgical IND on a shoulder in 20 years mm -hmm. because I use marrow. And it, I would love to take the credit for that. But that's not, it's not the surgeon. I can take a mediocre surgeon and give them better results if they'll use marrow aspirin at a time. But because there's not a reimbursement code with it, mm -hmm. not a lot of guys make that step. Well, let's back so, up one second. Explain the IND portion for, for patients. So that may not if you understand. get a surgeon, what the, the published infection rate with orthopedic cases is three to 5%. Mm -hmm. And when you, so, so there's a famous study published that showed that at six months, if the same surgeon, same hospital, if you used bone marrow aspirate concentrate, 100% of were held at six months on MRI. If you didn't use, only 67% were held at six months at MRI. That was published around 05. The 10-year follow-up was published in 2014. And at 10 years, if you didn't use cells, only 40% of them were still intact. If you use cells, 87% were still intact. In the ones that didn't use cells, there was a three to 5% infection rate. And the cost of an infection is like quarter million dollars because you got to what you got to take the patient back to surgery, yep. open everything out, wash it all out. The solution to pollution is dilution, right? So you got to wash out all the pus and you got to do that every other day for three different washouts. Then you put a pick line in, mm -hmm. then the patient gets IV antibiotics for eight weeks. Then you have to come back and do the whole thing again. That's a, that, that's a really expensive downside Absolutely. to a traditional surgery. That downside has been mitigated to almost nothing in every study ever published with the use of bone marrow stem cells has shown a dramatic decrease in the risk of infection to a patient. That alone should be a great reason to do it. And if the insurance companies ever buy the manufacturers of the bone marrow kits, I'm sure it will be a covered part of the procedure. <laughs> That's exactly, you hit, you hit it right on the head. If this made the insurance companies money, this would be a covered service. If this had a way to have guaranteed aftercare for medications that they make with big pharma, this would be an approved service. It is all 100% about, about making money and zeros about patient care. And so people think, well, why, why wouldn't it, why wouldn't an insurance company want to pay for something that's quite possibly going to heal completely this patient? Well, I'll tell you right now, because, uh, you know, they own the hospital system. They own the hospital system. They own the drug delivery systems. The, the they get companies. to charge for all those antibiotics. Absolutely. The, there's so way more money involved of profit Absolutely. for the hospital system mm -hmm. on a bad outcome. Yep. Because that $250,000 it cost, that went to someone. Yeah. That was net profit. And that makes way more money for the system than a, than a good outcome. It absolutely does because the, I'm not going to say names, a large hospital entity, CEO, makes a significantly larger income than a physician <laughs> and making decisions yeah. for patients yeah. 
who's not a physician and they don't want patients to get better. Why would a for-profit organization want patients better? They need that revenue. I think that modern healthcare functions like, so anyone that has, and I think more and more of the world is digital than I ever knew. I didn't know that was a job. But I think more and more people understand the subscriber business model. Mm -hmm. I, even people that watch Shark Tank, yeah. you know that a business's value can really be tied to how many subscribers do they have and how <clears throat> healthcare is a subscription model. Yes, it absolutely is. They yes. don't want to lose you as a subscriber. No. And the more you're paying for your insurance and the more times you have to visit the physician, the more times you're going to the pharmacy, mm -hmm. the more times you're in the, in the hospital, that's their subscriber model. It is. It truly is. And when you when you think about paying a premium, it's it's the biggest racket pausing scheme, you know, Ponzi scheme I've ever seen because I'm giving this insurance company as a self-employed person uh, $900 a month. I'm fairly healthy. Thank God. Yeah. You know, I work in the medical field, so I'm around amazing doctors like Dr. McKenna. I'm, but I'm giving $900 a month to this insurance. I don't take any medications. They're making how much money off of me every year? And there are a lot of Americans who are unhealthy, but then they're on the system, right? And well, so, and if you are too unhealthy, then they, they appeal can, to the government for federal subsidies to take care of you. Absolutely, they do. And that's where- So they I, can make more money. They that's make, what Obamacare was. I, I'm glad you said it that. It was a can giant that? federal <laughs> subsidy program. It was a gift program to insurance companies. Yes, it was. All the money went to the insurance companies. Yes. They provided a crummy product that no one could use, mm -hmm. that no physician could take. And then if you did take it, you couldn't get a patient approved for anything. Anything. You couldn't get an MRI. Nope. You can't get health care. Nope. You can't get surgery done. You, you, it, it was impossible to make a treatment decision with those plans. The reason people said, well, I couldn't get a physician to take it. You know why? Because you, you couldn't do anything. do anything. I would see you and say, let's get an MRI. Can't do it. And, and then the patient gets mad at you. Well, I've been waiting for three months. You're like, yeah. That's your insurance. I, I, we've been, not only that, I, I'm mad too, because I've had girls on the phone for six hours, yeah. five different times and we, to we, try to get this done for you, and it's not happening. Well, let, let me pause here real quick, really quick, because a lot of patients don't really understand the insurance process, right? Getting from the provider to the patient. <laughs> Doctors don't understand. Correct. That. And it, yeah. it's, in, it's, it's like filing your taxes. You know, mm -hmm. it's going to have a matrix to it that, that's hard to solve the algorithm. But one thing I want to touch base on, we say things like, like uh, insurance won't cover your MRI, right? Yeah. What happens if Dr. McKenna says, you know what? I know it's not going to be covered. It's okay. Let's go ahead and order that MRI. Who's going to have to foot the bill for that MRI? The patient. Right. The patient. So what does that bill. look like? Explain that process. Oh, go, you know this well better than anyone. Explain the difference between, because, because this is really frustrating as someone who pays $2,500 a month for mm -hmm. insurance because I have three little girls. Um, Explain the difference between what the insurance, why is there a cash pay price that is so dramatically different okay. than what you're going to pay for insurance? Because, well, patients that are like, they have great insurance, but they'll choose to cash pay the MRI yep. because they're going to they're pay $1,500 for the MRI if it's billed to their insurance as their deductible. But they can get the MRI done for 400 bucks. So it's it's confusing to a patient. And it's hard to explain to them why that is without getting- It's hard them. to explain to me. <laughs> right? yeah. The bottom line is there are things called, uh, first of all, you come in with you know <laughs> insurance, right? And you present that to me and Dr. McKenna sees you and we need to do an MRI. And we say, great. And the nurses send that order in and the uh, they call me and say, we need clinicals to get this approved by, by your insurance company, by the patient's insurance company. And so of course we send those in. They have up to legally 14 days. Okay. It doesn't always take that long, but just so you know, 14 days to give a first time answer. 
and then it could be a no, and then you appeal it. It's another 14 days, okay? So let's say 14 days went by and they said, no, they denied it. Why? Well, they don't want you to get MRI. They want you to get PT and a CT and an X-ray first, but we just need the MRI. So we're going to, no, we want to send them to PT for three weeks. And then after that, we'll go ahead and get a CT. And then after that, even you though I said they have a tear. Yeah. Even because though I examined them. You're the, the physician, symptom. the specialist. They're tender where it's exactly. supposed to be. They have catching light giveaway. Do I want to put a patient with a tear in therapy where the no. tear is going to get worse? And again, did you see where, and then it becomes a dilemma for the physician. And then I go, well, you can pay cash for that MRI. Your insurance company, shockingly enough, doesn't care who pays for the MRI if you need surgery. But uh, it's, you know, I'll just throw, I'll throw a, a number out there. You know, cash pay MRIs depend on the facility's uh, ability to give you that price. So that, again, goes back to... Um, but it's somewhere, we work with so many facilities, and it's genuinely under 500 bucks, right? Yes, it's about under $500. But patients, why is it $500 cash, like, like Michael said? Not... Fifteen hundred dollars, like my insurance. I said, well, because no, that's your it. insurance is twenty five hundred. Yep, because your insurance company is still going to pay a thousand. Still going to pay more. I said it is called an allowable, and what that means is insurance companies contract with physicians, with entities, healthcare systems to say, okay, we'll we'll let you in our network, and we're going to pay you X amount of dollars for that MRI. I say, great, that's great, and all allowables are based off of the government's approval of allowables. I can't say it. That's just the politically way to say right. it, but they, they control they what that amount is. The pricing model. They create the pricing model. And most insurance companies, if you got a good, if you got a great contract, you're looking at 120% of Medicare allowables, 150% of Medicare allowables in and out, you know, so they're contracted to do that. But if you pay cash, then you can get it less. Well, what's the appeal there for the facility? Well, they don't have to get an appeal. They don't have to file insurance. I don't have to, like you said, we don't have to pay a girl. Uh, you know, money to get on the phone. Present day value out, cash to not waiting 90 to days not, for your exactly. chat. Exactly. So yeah. they'll do it, you know, and that's why. And a lot of times I will, I won't, I'll just tell a patient, your insurance is going to cover it. I said, you can wait 14 days. I'm going to tell you right now, I've dealt with this insurance company. They're going to want you to do X, Y, and Z. I, Dr. McKenna does not recommend you do that. Unfortunately, I'm going to tell you, I suggest <coughs> you go pay cash. And I said, and you can still use your HS, HSA, your flex cards that don't get it confused. That's, that's something you can still utilize with paying cash. So the appeal for the patient is to go get that MRI cash. You see them back. Then we have surgery. objective data that yes. the insurance company has much oh, harder right. time mm -hmm. denying the my treatment plan. Yes, and that and that you need that to give a treatment yeah. plan. So it, it delays patient care, and ultimately, waiting on insurance delays patient care. And a patient, you can't advocate for advocate for them because of contractuals. Now here's here's where it gets very tricky with and what we're allowed and not allowed to do. If that patient presents with Medicare or a Medicare replacement or a governmental insurance replacement model, if that happens, I cannot accept cash from that patient That's if correct. I am contracted with that governmental entity. That's correct. Okay. Now, why? Because they control everything. They don't want people to go outside the system. If you are in a government-subsidized um, replacement plan, you do not like you do not have what they call traditional governmental insurance anymore. It is now regulated by one very large carrier that I won't say names, but starts with U and ends with C, and the three letters. They're terrible, <laughs> <laughs> and they now regulate that patient's care. And what's frustrating on my standpoint is I have a seven-year-old patient. You have a seven-year-old patient that. He can't do PT. 
They can't do that stuff. They just need an MRI and they can't get it. And now not only can they not get it, they can't pay cash for it if that entity takes the traditional government insurance. So it's a racket. And people are like, why would you go on the governmental insurance replacement? Because it's about half the cost of going on traditional government insurance. That's why. Well, because they're, again, the insurance company is getting a huge, right? So they're getting subsidized. Absolutely. To provide coverage that is supposed to look, looks like it's going to be better. But it's not. But, But it's unusable. And it's, it's not only is it unusable, what is so frustrating with it is everybody has to follow insurance guidelines go again from the government down, right? And and we have we have to follow those guidelines. Everybody follows the guidelines. You, you don't follow the guidelines, you're getting in trouble. Guidelines say you have one oh, year to file. it's insurance fraud if I give a patient a discount. Yes. It is. If you go below mm-hmm. the, if you the, go below below the governmental global, rate, like, we I get our hands I We can't cut patients a discount on that because then I'm committing insurance fraud. You absolutely are. You that? Because I'm supposed to charge that much because they want the cost of some of those procedures to be a barrier of entry. Correct. 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 Right? That includes pharmacy. That includes imaging. That includes the Everything. doctor visit. That mm-hmm. includes lab work. They would rather you look at the cost. You know, uh, do I really need this? Yeah. And that, mm-hmm. that, you hit it right there. They want the patient to go, especially on what would be considered an elective surgery. Although I don't consider a patient in pain walking for the rest of their life an yeah. elective surgery to fix, yeah. but it's elective. They'll be so frustrated with the system. They just won't do it. Yep. And then, and then, you know, but that's what they count on. And then now they got to get what on, on narco they got to get, now they got to get pain meds. Now we got pain management. But all. those things are paid for again, paid for. Big Pharma is out there doing it. It's just all, it's all a big pyramid scheme, quite frankly. I don't know how to say it any other way. Well, they definitely direct care to where their profit centers are. Oh, absolutely. They know what, what, what part of the patient paradigm makes some money. Absolutely. And those are where they direct you. And they know what part of it gets you better and removes you as a subscriber. Yep. And they make that a little bit more difficult decision. And they also, a lot of people may or may not know, and hopefully this doesn't get dinged. <laughs> um, the governmental oh, yeah, replacement. This episode's not setting up, by the way. <laughs> people are going to get to know you for like a day. They're like, then, oh, no. And then, and then they're going to they're gonna pull up that little, like when we did the FDA episode, I think we had to edit it three times and it stayed up for about a day and they take it off. And then that night, they take it off and we get. The, yeah. Anytime you try to educate what's really happening, you have to be very careful what you say, although I think it's insane. I'm, you know, but. The pyramid scheme starts at top, goes down. And what people don't realize or probably don't understand is the hospital healthcare system here is given a pretty large check by those replacement governmental insurances to force them to accept that insurance, okay? Now, what they also don't understand is that's a cap, okay? I'm I'm not gonna say the exact word, but just layman's terms, there's a cap. I'm going to give you $2 million a year and you are required and you can't turn away these medic, these governmental replacement replacement plans. plans, Okay. So now you can't turn them away. I'm giving you this check. Sounds like a great deal, right? That's great. Until it becomes March and there's no more money left. Yeah, And you've already hit your cap. So now, now you're providing free care. Now you're providing free care, but the hospital system can't turn people away like a physicianal service can, like a private practice. So the hospital system goes, <coughs> great, now we're going to have stipulations, which means we're not going to, that's where all the regulations for admittance and all that came from. Had zero to do with, with uh, what it's they said. It's not about elevating care. About, no, it's not about elevating care. It's about not getting paid. So we got to run this patient out of this room because we have no more money left. Okay. Because we've got, we're just, we're just not making money, but then they get subsidized again. 
because now we're now we're poor. <laughs> we're seeing people for free, yeah. and so it's just all. But a you racket. took two million dollars. But you took two million dollars, and you're the one that had control over what your cap was going to be. Absolutely. And you were greedy. And you were greedy, and you took, and you took it. a big check. So yeah. people don't people don't understand that. And if you're a private practice physician, what that there's means, no subsidy check. There is no <laughs> subsidy check. Yeah. You, and if you are creating, uh, you know, patient relation, patient care, and you're trying to send that patient out to a facility that's already hit that cap, you know what the word's going to be that come, the words that come out of that patient's, I mean, that facility's mouth is, we're no longer taking new patients with that insurance. Well, I wonder why. I know why. Because you're not getting paid to. Yeah, right. But nobody wants to say that out loud, right? Nobody wants to say what's really happening. And these older people don't understand what they're getting sold. It's, it's, they don't understand what happens. So, you know, it's hard. And they, and they spend a lot of money advertising opt-in oh. before the deadline. And look oh my at that. Gosh. We, get, we help take care of home health care. We do this. Because no, they, they don't. The home health care agencies. So they, and that's a racket too, but yeah, we won't get profit, it. <laughs> profit margins away, right? Every yeah. area, because they, all they do is they keep changing the rules enough to where the guys that are really good financially, yeah. they, they're, they're in a different business model about over two, three years because- Absolutely. The, they'll overpay for an industry for a while and then the the money disappears from that once they figure it out yep. and then it morphs into something else right? absolutely so the, the amounts of what is is happening it shifts so like um 2024 regulations came out okay in october 1 of 2023 and certain procedures got upped and you're thinking hey yeah okay great you know physicians are going to get paid a little more here yeah but then they stick it to you over here so they're They'll just take the really common procedures. There you go, and downgrade, and downgrade them. Yeah. So these one heart, these these complex procedures that, by the way, never get approved. Just yeah. so you know, yeah. it takes forever. So you get more money, but we can't. We're never going to actually let you do it. But here, you know, here it is. But it looks good. But it looks getting good through the government approval process, and you don't have a lot of congressmen and senators going. Wait a minute, why aren't you paying? Why aren't you paying for these procedures? Well, look, we're paying more. Yeah, we're doing, and 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 the and the the regulation part of it is what frustrates me the most because if we're all required to follow the the big umbrella, right? And these um, replacement plans don't even have to do that, and I don't think people understand that. What I mean by that is when you sign that paper to get that replacement, that replacement governs your care, not 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 the the main one, right? That oh. and instead of having a year to file your your and get paid, you have 30 to 45 days, depending on the carrier. Not only that, you have a certain, you have 60 days to appeal, which means you would have to hire somebody to fight your claims continually, unless you have somebody knew how to bill it. And they pay you less. Oh my gosh. So you're going to lose money. You're going to spend a hundred dollars tracking down 10. Absolutely. And, and I think let's talk, let's talk numbers. I'm glad you said, let's talk numbers. I think the average, um, well, I know, the average E&M code, which is which is an office visit for people who don't know, uh, for a for a new patient is one hundred and ten dollars and twenty eight cents. Okay, that is how much a physician. And you have to have a lot of documentation to get to that. To level. get that, you yeah. do. There are requirements. People, you don't just get to go in there and say hi and shake their hand. You, there's a time frame. You have to have certain teaks. They're called teaks. And if you don't meet these teaks, we're not going to pay you. Right. Yep. So think about that in the sense that's the lowest, that's the starting rate. So other insurance carriers can pay you more. They can't pay you less. That's so as low as it gets. So you just explain the reason for a lot of patients' dissatisfaction when you go to a doctor and he's looking at the computer the whole time and typing stuff or checking a bunch of boxes on a sheet. The reason he's doing that 
is to get paid Absolutely. that $110. Absolutely. Because if he just spends time looking at you and talking to you, that would be what he wants to do probably. It is. Certainly it's the interaction, but you don't get paid for that. And it's not even He's that only going to get paid if he checks all these boxes and fills out that form. Yep, and so exactly. the guy that walks in with this computer and is doing all that the whole time is is probably a way better businessman than me. Well, and there's a lot of other costs associated with that, right? So, oh, so you may say as a patient, all right, you know, Doctor McKenna gets one hundred and ten dollars. Well, if he sees thirty to forty patients in one clinic huh. day, he had a great day. Well, no, how many mm -hmm. people did you pass on the way into the office? You know, yeah. and again, to your point, what does it cost to get that one hundred and ten dollars? There's a scribe in the room, yeah. right? There's there's a receptionist that took your well, phone I pay call. A scribe because I don't want to be the guy that's on the computer instead of listening to my patient. That's right. And that's a good, that's that's because you're a good physician. You're a, well, you're certainly a because I you're, care, right? Yeah, I mean, you 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 care. You're a patient advocate. And I think that's where doctors have that dilemma, and it really is a dilemma. You go to school, especially now. I, I don't I don't I don't envy young physicians because you go to school to do what your passion is to, to help people, and then you realize well, it's not really about that anymore. So we're going to need you to sign on in with a blankety blank hospital or go private practice and go broke because yeah, we make the joke all the time because I, you know, I delivered a lecture and at, at the, at the school and they literally, and this is five years ago, they introduced me as a dinosaur of healthcare. And I was like, what? um, stem cell researcher, holder of patents on the bone marrow process, the delivery mode. We developed the process intimately involved in the process to pull stem cells from bone marrow. And I'm a dinosaur because I'm in private practice still. Mm -hmm. That's right. L there's yep. less than yes. 2% of the graduating yes. residents at that point were ever going to work for themselves. Yeah. No one can do that anymore. And the insurance companies control that because you know what happens when a doctor gets out and wants to open up, a, you know, the old oh. hang your shingle, that, yep. I, the old folks know that word, right? Yep. <laughs> no one knows what that means anymore, but you used to have a shingle hanging out front of a door that had your name on it. So the old, Hey, he's going to go and hang his shingle. If you do that, you can't even see an insurance patient for six months to a year because nope. it's going to take you that long to get on a plan. Absolutely. So you're going to sit there not being able to work, mm -hmm. having your school loans that still have to be paid, yep. still have to pay your malpractice insurance, still have to pay yep. rent and employees and not being able to see a patient. And just sit there. Because the thumbs. insurance yep. company controls it. Now, if you join a big group, mm -hmm. you're part of their coverage. Mm -hmm. And so the only way to get out and go into practice anymore is to join a big group or to get paid by you. So you're paid a salary. Exactly. And yeah. then the hospital system can eat a lot of that because they're going to be able to back bill you after they get you credentialed. Yep. We can't uh, do that in private. You practice. can't do that in private practice and you can't private practice uh, for well, just to touch on what Dr. McKenna said real quick. He's right. You can't worry any other business. I can go get an LLC today and open my door for business tomorrow. For, for pr pretty much basic pretty much things, anything. anything. Yeah. A physician can do that. And now, if if you're wanting to get on an insurance plan, it's 18 months for the big big <laughs> the big players. You have to so, have 18 so, months of so proof. How do you pay your employees? Exactly. Rent your malpractice. What about just eat? You can't. You can't. If you can't see a patient for 18 months. Well, bottom line is physicians are one of the only professions in the United States or, or even most of the world that get told after they perform a service what they're going to be paid. Oh, to oh. Perform you have service. no idea. Mm. When, you know, when someone will say, hey, how much do you do? I don't know. Like, yeah. well, how much do you get paid for doing that? I, I don't know. And that's genuine because, because it changes all the time yeah. and you have no control over it anyway. I bill exactly off the same billing schedule that I built from in 96 it, because it doesn't matter. 
the, the contracts are what changes that. Yes. And, and you don't really have a lot of control in that contract negotiation. No. If Even you want to take their insurer, mm -hmm. this is what you're going to get. Yeah. And if you want to continue to be in practice, you're going to take that plan. So, and even then, like, I don't know what contractual allowable is on those procedures. So, and then they decide what they're going to pay you based on that anyway. Yeah. It's, 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 right? it's controlled. The payment for physicians is 100 complete, completely controlled by the insurance carriers. It is so bizarre when you bring in a real business guy as a partner in some other deal and they'll look at you and go, your profession is the only profession in the world that pays the house band the same as Mick Jagger would get paid. Mm -hmm. Like they don't care, mm -mm. right? Like Mick Jagger would never perform for what the house band gets paid. But and then, it doesn't matter how talented you are, what your results are, no. how elegant the procedure is, what, what, what level of technology you're using. They want your license. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Get, you get paid the same. It, it, they do. They want to be able to control that. How do you control what, physicians do oh i know you make it almost impossible for them to go private practice and then when you do like you said you, you have a contract with an insurance care company which they can change by the way when anytime they want they can slap an audit on you and then you're just you know whatever you can't do anything about it and then let's talk, talk about surgeries um getting an approval for surgery patients think well the doctor says i need it so what does it do? What, how do i get that surgery well let me tell you something he can't just say you need surgery as i don't know um a developer of a, a procedure that can basically heal you. Well, have been doing this 20, 30 years. No, no, we're not gonna listen to him. We're gonna send it to the insurance company with his notes, very thorough, and we're gonna allow a physician with most, most, most of the time is not even a physician within the field. Nurse, yeah. It's not, a, it's not even a, it's just a doctor who's either retired or doing it as a side gig again, because he can't make any money. And he's looking at it going, yeah. And he's getting paid by that carrier, the insurance carrier. So how many do you think he's going to approve? Because guess what? They get kickbacks too. So yeah. they get paid more. They get paid for more. saving the insurance there you company go. money. So they're going to go off every angle. So now I can't, I can't get it approved. So we wait again, two weeks for a patient who's in pain, two weeks. Um, I'm pretty good at it. So I usually get approved, but if not two weeks, and then they want to, they want to peer to peer. That means they want to take more of your time for free. You don't get paid for those. And that's what patients don't realize that doing a surgery for a patient takes so much. There's so much that goes into it. And then you have to sit on the phone and convince at your level of, of ability to convince another physician who's probably not at your level why you need to do this surgery for this patient. And at the end, they still get to dictate what you do. So then you have the dilemma of doing it and not getting paid. And you can, you can appeal your peer to peer to a more like practicing physician. Yeah. If you want to get to your level, you got to keep going up the if ladder. If you got to keep going up the ladder and you can continue to do that. But now you're another two weeks down the road. There you go. And it's more You're another top. phone call that has to be scheduled. Exactly. And it has to be scheduled during what you would see a clinic or so what you, you would do in surgery. We're yeah. supposed to be doing something else. Yes. So that's the racket to that. And then let's say, okay, we finally get it approved and we can, we can do his or her surgery at the facility. Great. Schedule it at the facility. They get over there, have the approval, and then the insurance goes, ah, we were joking. We don't think we want to pay for that now. So I'm going to need you to prove it again. It literally says the it literally says on the approvals they send you, this does this not, is not guarantee payment. payment. And it doesn't. But and they when you give us a code, they give us a code. Approval. So they doesn't guarantee payment. Yeah. And so they'll appeal it and they'll go, we want to see the operative report. And and when I say the operative report, so to me, an operative report is 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 it's what happened in that room. But if it's not worded in a certain way, the insurance goes, no, I don't think you did that. 
we're not, okay. So now I have to fight it. So to get you paid $1,700, it'll take two months. Yeah. To get paid that. I mean, not that's, anymore. That's a I'm, lot of work. It's right? a lot of work to do and, that. And it's, oh, by the way, I've already done the work, right? I, I, I spent an hour doing the note before the surgery. Yep. We see the patient before the surgery. We do fill out an H&P form. We take the patient's surgery, actually do the surgery. Then you have to do the op report. Mm -hmm. Then you have to go in into the hospital system, edit, sign, and approve the op report then check that off the checklist, yep. then have it in your patient's chart and then have your billing people. Like there's a lot of a work lot that goes into it. And, and a lot of people have to And we all know during, during the, the pre-op process, what occurs in pre-op, what we think we're going to do in surgery versus what happens once he's in the shoulder. Exactly. Right? Yeah. What if there's a small pinhole tear that wasn't on MRI that nobody got or, what or, there's or a, what, 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 because the of the MRI sometimes is, because by the time you get through this process, sometimes the MRIs are a year or two years old. Yeah. So, so an example that we get a patient taken care of. Exactly. So now they have some giant loose crap floating around, everything scarred in and inflamed. And but if you, you put that in your op note and it's different than what denied. you told insurance you wanted to do, they're yeah. going to deny that portion yes. of the procedure, but you've already performed the work for. Yeah. And, 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 and because I do the right thing, I'm still going to do. Still going to do it. I'm still going to yeah. do the right thing. You're not going to close up the shoulder. Do, I'm not going to do what it said that that was supposed to be there for when I know looking at it, that it needs something more or, or a little different. I'm going to go ahead and do that. And that's that. And that is uh, a patient. patient and the insurance companies kind of count on you doing that. Oh yeah, they are. They, they know you're going to do it. They don't count. They know they you're going to fix it while you're there. Yeah. You're not going to just because on the, on the MRI, it said medial tear. And so we're taking the patient to the room with the medial tear. But when they have a lateral tear and a medial tear and a synovitic lesion and wear underneath the kneecap, I'm not going to just take care of the medial tear, pull the scope out and set the patient up for another surgery for his lateral tear. Which I will tell you right now for a physician who's in an organization, sometimes they do do that. That is something oh, they're required to do. Sometimes that system right. says no. And, yeah. and so there's, there's so much politics in it that you can't almost, you, I don't know how a physician actually practices inside of an organization well, because there's just so many stipulations. And in that one surgery, now the patient doesn't know any of this is happening, right? Yeah. And four months down the line, they get a bill for what was denied. Now we don't do that. We 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 take care of the patient, but I can't guarantee that facility is going to do that because if oh, we don't sure. get paid, guess what? The facility's not get paid for that portion. And now this patient paid them seven thousand dollars to the facility, and they're getting another three thousand dollar bill, and they don't understand why. Well, I thought you did that. Well, we did, but I, I try to educate my patients, but a lot of people don't do that and say, Hey, this is not a guarantee it's going to happen, but we're going to fight for it to happen. It doesn't happen much with you because we personally, our office goes into all the what ifs, but some practices don't have that ability. Like I'll go, he, if he's going to do this or this, so let's go ahead and just authorize it all. Yeah. And that way we, we know we're covered. Oh, well, we said a, li a little bit better chance of getting the patient taken care of. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, this isn't just about a provider or an office not getting paid. You know, that that's, no, no. you know, from the start, it's we, about we being able to make people. the service available. Yes. But it impacts our patients because if, mm -hmm. if insurance deems that something is not allowed yeah. after it's been performed, the responsibility, A, he's not getting paid. B, it's going to hit, the, hit patient, the patient, right? The facility is going to bill you. Anesthesia is going mm -hmm. to bill you. Any imaging that you may have had related to the injury is, going is to be, also going to reflect on your bill. And there can be a recoupment. I won't get into that, but Correct. there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, they're going to come back on the patient. Yeah. The, the, 
<clears throat> I really, I really think that the thing I was most proud of 15, 20 years ago, especially, you know, a lot of the bone marrow stuff we did was approved in Europe first. And so I spent a lot of time in the early 2000s and again, you know, teen 2000s um, in, in Europe and, and all over Italy and, and Eastern and Western Europe, teaching the procedure and doing lectures. And then the European healthcare is stratified. There's literally two separate doors to the hospital. There's the cash pay side, there's the public care side. And the public care side, you they don't even change, change your sheets and clean mm -hmm. your room. Like your family has to bring you meals. And the private pay side, they're like admitting you the night before your case so you don't have to wake up early and sit in the waiting room. And mm -hmm. they bring you a really nice dinner for you and your family and because you're paying for it. And the public care side, which is the contract that allows them to be a hospital, is it, it is it, those patients are not treated the same. Mm -hmm. And I always took great pride in the fact that in the US, it doesn't matter. Like when I go to the emergency room, I never looked at what kind of coverage patient had because it didn't make a difference in what I was going to do. Right? Like it, when patients will ask us, well, how much is this and this? I don't know because you know why? Because yeah. it's not important that I know. Because my decision making is even even when Hannah's trying to give a patient a quote, I come up with a little wish list. I mean, in a perfect world, this is what I would do. But I'll just tell you, if we have to sacrifice something, base minimum, it's not even worth doing if we don't do this and this, right? And so there's that's why there's leeway in some of this because I have a list of, hey, this is this would be the the best thing I have. This is, you know what, I I, I get. Not everyone, no one's going to buy a car anymore with a roll down window, yeah. but plenty of people may buy a car without leather seats. Yeah. Right. And so with, with a lot of the, the elective stuff we do, you kind of have to stratify it like that for people. And, but, but that's how all healthcare in a, in a facility is done. Mm -hmm. And, and now people are starting to, it's, it's starting to happen in the U S there's, they're literally with the way that they've destroyed yes. the organization of, of Western medicine, there is going to, there is a significant strata and, and look, a lot of patients, we have some really high profile people, right? And most of those people now come with a concierge based physician. That that has a that opted out of the insurance yeah. plans, and you pay them uh, like it's this much a year, and they take care of you. And during yeah. that year, you get several office visits, you get this amount of lab, you, you get CT or an MRI at, at different times, and this is what I'm going to provide for you. And here's your contract, and you just write the guy a check. Yeah, and then you don't have to worry about a phone call in the middle of the night or a pre-approval or a yeah. pre-cert or what your diagnosis was. And they work with compounding pharmacies for your peptides and they work with different pharmacies for your delivery mode and you get your scripts that you need, but without any of the insurance involvement or denials, mm -hmm. but you're having to pay for that out of your pocket. Yeah. And you still have to have a major medical coverage because what happens if you get cancer? Yeah. What happens yeah. if you have a bad you, car wreck and you're going you to end up in OR without your concierge physician? You have to have that catastrophic. You have to have a catastrophic coverage. Everybody's in in the right race too, and and trying to have for catastrophic. And because quite frankly, you get dinged too. Mm -hmm. The government says if you don't have that, then you're going to yeah, pay. It's like driving without fine. car insurance. Yeah. Right. So, which you know, 
it all comes down to best patient care, which is what you provide. And then it then comes in, okay, so how can we make this creative for the patient to where they can, they're not out of pocket as much expense wise. Um, we know insurance is going to pay for this. And it's hard for me to explain to them that, it, that it's not, we're not going to bill it. We're not contracted to bill it, but it's just not, it's not covered. And if people have questions about that, then I say, well, you contact the government. You know, <laughs> the, one, one of the things I say to patients all the time, because, and I know it sounds kind of cliche, but it's, it hits patients because any patient that's ever seen an EOB, mm -hmm. so an explanation of benefits yes. is what you get as the patient that shows you what they're charging for when you at a hospital. Yeah. And you'll look at that EOB and see they charge you $18 for a Tylenol yeah. in post-op recovery room and you're like so when i talk to a patient they're like well well can't we just do this at the hospital and you're like sure and that bum row kid at a hospital is like eighty five hundred dollars so like a discogram you can do a discogram at a hospital and that it's covered code they'll pay for it your copay is still going to be more than i could have done it cash absolutely. for in, in a private situation absolutely and the thing about the discogram in the hospital is you have the needle right where it needs to be you put dye in there to show that that's the disc that was disrupted. The patient was asleep. They had concordant pain. They have disrupted disc. They have a CT scan after that that verifies all that. And you prove that that's for the pain. And then you have to pull that needle and you're not allowed to inject anything therapeutic in there or take care of the problem. You can diagnose it. That process to do the discogram diagnose it is more than that procedure would be with bone marrow stem cells using postnatal tissue that's graft doing the diagnostic part and have an anesthesia Absolutely. in a private situation. And they didn't do anything to help you. And they just made the diagnosis and you're going to pay two to three times as much Absolutely. for having that procedure done in a hospital. And you're still going to meet your entire deductible for the year Oh yeah, for that procedure. Yeah. So I tell people when they're asking that when the patients ask them, like, look, I would never send you to a hospital to buy a Tylenol because they don't have an efficient delivery method of doing that. No. It's $18. I can I can give you a Tylenol. You can go to CVS. You can go to you can go to 7-Eleven and get a two-pack of Tylenol for a buck. Yeah. Right? But if you get that two-pack of Tylenol in a hospital, it's $18. I, so patients and patients get that because any patient that's ever had surgery, see it's, that, it's really hard to, to be sophisticated item. with the way healthcare works. Yeah. I'm not either. But as a patient, I don't know how you figure it out sometimes. But if it's when you start looking at line item charges, yeah. that's the only thing that ever hit with the patient. They'll look and go, oh, yeah, oh, I, would, I would not go buy a ton on a hospital because yeah. it's $18, right? So there are ways to save people money, Absolutely. even anesthesia. Oh, you yeah. know, in, a, in a private situation, you pay an anesthesiologist a set amount and they don't care how busy I am while we do that procedure. Yeah. Like whatever, however long it takes me, whatever I got to do, that's the same charge. If you do that in a hospital, <laughs> yeah. same anesthesiologist or less is, is three or four times as much Absolutely. as the whole procedure would have been because it's built in units and it costs a certain amount of units just to get you to the OR and wake you up and bring you back. Right. Yep. That's true. <coughs> so what so. do you recommend to the patients as far as now looking into a supplement like HSA account or something like that, that could potentially yes. reimburse? If um, I, I advise not going with a traditional insurance, going with a cost share program, I'm not going to name names, but you can Google cost share program. Yeah. Um, I will name just a few because I don't know the specifics, I would, but I will tell you the ones that we've had a lot of patients that have done yes. really well on getting reimbursed for their procedures. 
and Good Samaritans, MediShare, Medishare. Christian Healthcare yeah. Network. Christian, those those there, three, yes. There are some fairly substantial cost share programs out there that because they are on the hook, yeah, they understand cost savings and they will let you have, a they will encourage you they will. to have yeah. a stem cell procedure in your lumbar spine instead of a fusion. And with that- Because the fusion's $250,000 and the lumbar procedure's less than- four figures and right? they will and they will and we have success you have success with doing that with many share and, and the patient understands hey all all of that particular organization cares about is that it's less than what the traditional surgery was and once you prove that oh and that there's great data showing it works yes, right you're not wasting a patient's time because then they know they're not going to have to pay for a bunch of you know they don't have an infection yeah they're not going to those extra plans visits. lose money with an infection traditional Absolutely. healthcare doesn't so when you look at those programs and you're looking at what would be considered non West traditional med medicine is you can use those programs and they reimburse the patient. So the, so you're they're able really likely to approve. Like oh we yeah. submit all that and they're like, oh, we haven't had one that said this, no right? yeah. ever. And they and they and the and the patient gets all of their costs. The patient back. gets all their costs back. And so it's a win win. And that's a way. That's an alternative. If you're looking into this, and you're like, man, I don't. You know, look at those plans because there's there's not much restriction for you to get on them. They're very easy to work with. They they just cut you a check. And it's it's not hard to get on, and there's really not a lot of stipulation. And the physicians and hospitals that don't take it just don't get it. They don't, yet, yeah, right? and because it's way better for the physician and the hospital too. Absolutely. Um, but a lot of a lot of major systems aren't designed to. They don't encourage it. No, for sure, because it's like patient opting out of your subscription model. Yeah, because then what happens? What happens is everybody starts going on those particular plans, which are not insurance plans. Then everyone has to start being more efficient. Yep. Yep. And doing the right thing. Absolutely. So then <laughs> you don't now get to just cookie cutter everybody. Held to a different standard now. Yeah. But then and HSAs and flex cards. So if you're employed somewhere and you have a HSA or a flex, yeah, definitely maximize your HSA plan. Yes, you can pick different HSA plans that allow you to use that money towards do these procedures. I will say sometimes your your who you're employed by governs that. But you can go private. You can go private out. It's tax free. Put it over here in HSA. Set it up with, um, you know, a broker yourself. Really, you can do it yourself. And then you put that money over there, tax free, and you can utilize that for these services. You can utilize your HSA, your your flex card for for the services you do here. Not all the time. So, if, and I tell patients, I'm like, if you can't use it here, call your HR and say, hey, why won't, why won't you let me use it? Because this? a lot of times the HR manager just. Just doesn't know. Just didn't know. And if I so give them a something that says, "Hey, this is what we're doing," then guess what? You can now use your HSA and and get it done. And the insurance carrier can't dictate your HSA; they can't dictate what you do with that. So you're allowed to have that ability to to. There's so many different options. I don't think people realize it's how to finance it. Well, just traditionally HSA. Nobody has a plan anymore that is it's not deductible and out of pocket anymore. And it, and if you do, nobody takes it. So. You know, there aren't HMOs anymore that are $10 copay. So everybody's paying something. So why not deem that money over here to do something that's going to benefit you? Yeah, because you? then you, and, and you can let it roll over and yeah. it's, it's kind of like tax-free savings. It, it is. And it's smart. And so that, and that is the benefit of getting around the system, right? Um, and getting, Anything you getting can put care. money in that's not taxed, you need to maximize. Yeah. Right. It's, it, it's, you know, the, the only time that I'll ever make a, a contribution to a set plan is when it's tax time and I can write a check to the, to the, my, the SEP or the money market or the part of the IRA, or you can give it to the government. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. That's 
I can put it in something for my kids yeah. or I can give it to the government. I, the government's not the best user of my money, I don't think. Still give plenty to the government, but I would way rather set it aside for something that my kids can have. Yeah, and right? I think when we come from a standpoint for a patient, especially when you're talking about finances, because it gets hard, especially now, it's, it's about quality of life. And so I think when patients realize how much that is worth to them, then then it becomes a numbers game and i will say you you always make it right i've seen you do work for patients just above and beyond and because yeah. you know it's the right thing to do yeah and work with them well, and i like doing what i do it would if i have to start compromising on what i think needs to be done this is not going to be as much fun right look anyone that's seen me look it horrifies me to pull up like I, I won't, even on YouTube, I'll watch our, cause I don't ever listen to the podcast. I watch it so I can be hypercritical of me and I hate every episode <laughs> because I, I, I hate how I look on camera. I always misstep stuff. I can tell how fast my mind is working and it doesn't come out. All like, Hannah hates me not finishing a sentence. <laughs> You've gotten um, a lot better though. You've gotten incredibly because a lot in my better. Head, I'm already moving well, because this is the first thought. time you're ever seeing yourself too, like actually hear yourself on what you're saying. And so I think now you've gotten really good at wrapping it up. Like, okay, I got to the point really quick. I've well, been proud of you. I tell I, you, the last three episodes, I, I, I'm proud yeah, of you. We we know that that, but but when I, so when I go on YouTube, and I'll pull up my name instead of just go directly to the podcast because we still have been not optimized on the algorithm on purpose. So that you hey, can't Facebook just enter the name of the podcast though. and always find it. So I always put my name in. And I'll see videos of me doing lectures from like 2012 at the academy meeting or 14 in Europe or something. And it looks like I ate me. Right? <laughs> oh like I'll see no. it. It's like, oh my God, that kind of looks like me, but it looks like that guy ate me. And, and so... And, and it just looked terrible. So anyone that sees me now, way older, and 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 the difference in me knows that I've spent some resources because I, I it's not like I've been in the gym a ton or or I eat super clean. As a matter of fact, I eat against most of what Western medicine would tell you. Like Western medicine hates carbon, carnivore and what and and lion diet and all that. Oh, you'll die and your cholesterol's higher. My cholesterol's dropped to nothing. Um, I don't eat carbs and sugar. I eat steak. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel my inflammatory load has dropped. My C-reactive protein was like 120. It should be under one. Like I was metabolically broken. My testosterone was like 190. Like I did, I had to spend a lot of time and resources, but it was all easy. It was stuff that I could just, I, I, it wasn't, but Western medicine hates all that. Right. Mm -hmm. So hormone supplementation. We have patients still that get told when you take a vitamin, it's just giving you expensive urine. It's the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> like you're yeah. the same people are talking about how important eating is. And you're like, well, it, it supplements yeah. nutritional intake. So you're not getting a lot of that nutritional intake from processed foods. So if you're, unless you're eating really clean and organic and growing your own vegetables and not using pesticides and even where you get your seeds. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, you know, there's, there's, it's really hard to eat clean. So unless you're doing all things right, but when I go back and watch those, uh, I'll look at now and go, so anyone that looks at me and goes, well, I've spent a lot of, if I had to sell my motorcycle, if I had to drive a different truck, I mean, it's not like I drive an expensive car. If I had to drive a different truck, if my kids had to go to a different school, 
Maybe not. My kids haven't got different school. I would still probably have to. But it would be worth the sacrifice because, you know, when people say, well, you can't buy your health. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you sure can. Mm -hmm. And it's probably the best use of your resources that you have because there are some outside of Western medicine steps available that is way better bang for your buck than writing big checks to your insurance companies or big checks to hospitals Absolutely. that are going to directly impact how you look and how you feel much faster, way more simplistic, way more physiologic care is available than what Western medicine is going to focus your narrative on. Right. And it's, and I'll tell you right now, it's worth it. Like yeah. feeling this way at 60, being a hundred pounds down, having better hair, having skin turger back, having some muscle mass. I, it was worth everything I've spent to get this. And I haven't, it's not like I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. I've spent less than my copay and deductible would have been five years in a row. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, it's the difference between paying for sick care versus paying for well care, yeah. right? Oh, you're yeah. you're advocating for Wellness something that is important. Yes. And they, we want to get, we want to focus. That's why we don't even, even on the stem cell thing, because there is a clinic going to be available outside of the U.S. that is going to be able to treat illnesses that we that are most stem cell clinics won't even treat. Should I say because, allegedly? allegedly? Allegedly. There it is. Yeah. That's the this word. is all my opinion again. Remember that this is not a medical office visit. We're not <laughs> providing a diagnosis or treatment protocol or care. I'm We're so giving this right is now. a medical opinion show. Um, but because we don't have, I'm not going to list it as a diagnosis. We're treating with those cells. Yeah. We're treating a patient. Mm -hmm. My goal is to make you healthy for every illness and disease. Know this, that there's no cancer that's killed everyone that's had it. Someone survived it that was just healthy enough to do it. So my job is to get you the healthiest you you can be and then see what your body's capable of taking care of. If healthcare used to be focused on health, that's what it's just called healthcare. It wasn't called sick care, mm. right? It's not, patients weren't clients. They were patients and we were providing healthcare. Most, the, the, the only person that gets a well visit is a well baby check. And they're not a well baby check. They're giving you a bunch of shots, yeah. right? That, that, that there's really good data on now that maybe you need to do those differently, right? So you don't group them all together that way. Don't do it the way that, the, that you're going to get treated through the public system. And, 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 and boy, that's kind of, that'll get the show taken off right there. Um, but for me, <laughs> when you look at what, what's the best use of my money, for me, it was getting like this. Mm -hmm. I have a, I have a, you know, and people say, what finally motivated you to do it? I have, uh, my mom passed, I turned 60, and my daughter turned 10 all at the same time. If that doesn't wake you up, because yeah. let's face it, I take, I don't feel bad about myself. I take care of a lot of people that love me, and I make grandma walk. Like, how can you feel bad after a day like that? I didn't take out the trash. My phone got cut off because I forgot to pay the bill. And I'm still like, da, 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 right? As you yeah. my, my kids are like, dad, you know, be like, what? Like, you know, I had 10 patients, you know, that aren't in pain anymore. I can move their shoulder and are back at work. Like, I'm great today, right? And, but, but how can you, how can you internalize that? Well, because I was able to just feel good about that and put off taking care of me. And I always kept thinking, I'll get to it because I knew it was possible. I do it for other people all day. So I knew what I could do. And I just kept thinking I'd get to it. And then a, a month became a year, a year became five, five became 10. And then it just wasn't okay anymore. Mm -hmm. 
But I had to wait till I was just, the boat was sinking before I finally just stopped putting my finger in the hole, right? We have a lot of patients that are way more proactive than I was ever. And, and, and they've sought, they, people that have been doing this for a long time have really had to go outside the system and look really hard to find us. Yeah. The whole goal of this podcast is to try to make it easier for people to know what's possible. Yes. Because they're spending all this money on things that don't really work or help when there was way less expensive ways to do it. as a way to, you know, the path to wellness does not have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be shrouded in hospital systems, right? It can be just you making healthcare decisions as long as you do your research and have some advocate out there for you. Yeah. I think that's the, my, my favorite thing about you and Hannah and Mike is everyone that works with us, Ashley, everyone it just feels like they're a patient advocate. Yeah. Right? We, we're just trying to let you know what is possible, what's out there, and how you can get better and be healthy. Mm-hmm. And if I can make you healthy, everyone in this room has cancer every minute of every day. We don't all die from it. Because if you your body does a really good job of doing what it's supposed to most of the time, if we overwhelm it with fatigue or stress or cortisol or bad or sugar, you know, meds, most medicines, there's a, there's a, there's a cholesterol lowering drug out there that's never been shown to increase your lifespan, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, but it causes such profound fatigue mm-hmm. that people don't want to get off the sofa and their yeah. blood count gets all messed up. But, oh my gosh, look at your LDL ratio now. Who cares <laughs> if I can't move, yeah. right? Is that LDL ratio going to kill me? Not as much as not moving does and gaining a bunch of weight, mm-hmm. right? I didn't gain 70 pounds through five back surgeries in a period of three years because I was active and doing everything right. I did it because that's what the system did to me. And because I wasn't knowledgeable yet, I let it happen. Yeah. I'm never good. I would never do that to a patient. I let it happen to me, but I didn't spend the money. Now I understand, like I've, I've vested resources in me in the last two years, for sure. Was it, was it a dollar to look like this? No. Do, was it, did it say, I don't have fast food wrappers in my car anymore. Mm-hmm. So I probably saved way more. <laughs> well, my that, insurance yeah. went down. Like yeah. I bought health ins- I bought life insurance less expensive at 60 than I paid at 40. That should never be a thing. And oh, by the way, if you're vaxxed and tri- triple boosted or you're quadruple boosted, Good luck on getting life insurance over the next few years. Yeah. By the way, so if you opted out of a lot of that, you're going to be able to. I, you know, I think we all know where I stand on that. Yeah. And we just we just alienated seventy percent of the country. Uh, in one you know what? No, we know because <laughs> no, I think people know. I think that seventy percent now know are looking and going. Oh. Wait a minute! I did true. what they told me to because you said this was the right thing, and I was protecting other people. And now what? Wait, what? Yeah. Right. But, but I, but I mean, the fact that they're still showing commercials with famous people wearing a bandaid drives me kind of crazy because I think people should have figured it out by now, right? Yeah. Watch something besides MSNBC or MSN or CMC. Get a Twitter account, right? Or read Go your to news. Rumble. Yeah. Watch some YouTube. Yeah. Read. Look, look, but don't just read what's on the face pages of Google being in Yahoo. Because you're going to get the narrative because it's all the same. If the narrative out there, if it seems like everyone's saying the same thing, yeah, you're probably it's, wrong. It's prompted. But like the more it's controversial like something is, the more the harder you need to look at. It. I thought carnivore was oh, it's criminal what they're doing to people. 
And then the, when Western medicine comes out so hard against it, I'm like, I need to look at that. <laughs> yeah. Wait, like, I'm going to question that. Huh. Like, because science isn't about consensus. Science is about being right. You don't need to have, politics is about consensus. Science is about not being afraid to stand alone on the facts. And in and, and the same way with all of what we're talking about. Like, is it hard to get all this fit into, what Sheila's job is to take what I do and try to fit it into a Western medicine yeah. narrative. Mm -hmm. It's gotta be extremely frustrating and difficult. But 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 she, I think, kind of loves the challenge of doing that. I was going to say, mm -hmm. there's, right. there's not a person <laughs> I mean, on this planet that's more It's her puzzle qualified. to put together. Mm -hmm. And I think that she kind of likes kind of striking back. So it makes me really happy. Absolutely. But, but I, I, I don't have the bandwidth for that. So here, here's the positive, right? I, I don't want the episode to just feel like a heavy mm -hmm. weight on a patient that might be watching or listening. I, I think at the end of the day, there's a lot of hope. Uh, Mark mm -hmm. Cuban came out with a pharmacy that is cash pay in order oh, to yeah. disclose true cost of medications. Mm -hmm. We have a pharmacy here in the state of Texas that we utilize that doesn't take insurance. They're strictly mm -hmm. cash pay. Our clinic, we offer as best we can services for both insurance and cash yeah. pay, depending on the modality, mm -hmm. right? We're very sensitive to our situation. We're mm -hmm. very respectful to the mm -hmm. rule set and we Absolutely. do our best to abide. We have people like Sheila and, and you hire Sheila not to get money in the door, but to be an advocate for the patient. Oh, we've, we've made it as back. easy as possible for people yes. to opt out of everything too, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, so, we, we can help you navigate the, the stream while you're, while you're mm. making your own decisions yeah. on your healthcare. Yes. That's the, you know, that's what really everything we do is about because no healthcare system is going to make our decision for you. And I'm not going to make a decision for you. Mm. I'm letting you know, I think of my life, I think of everything I do as a flow chart, right? So my job is to give you all the options based on the, the management issues and what you have going on. And, and, and I'll draw them out for patients all the time. So my goal is always, but I try to make it as easy as possible for you to to put you in control of the decision making, yes. not some insurance company. That's, yeah. And I will always provide Perfect. you an option that does mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Or I work really mm -hmm. hard to. You do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I may not always be able to come up with something like that, but we work really hard to do that. We've added a lot of what would be traditional surgical services into our clinic because you can't really get some of those procedures done in a hospital. Mm -hmm. Because even though it says they're approved and have a code, they never approve it. No. And and the clawback on the patient, or it's it, like there's a procedure we do an ablation procedure on the knee for pain yes. that in our office is a couple thousand dollars in a hospital it's 15 grand mm -hmm. and they will you do one knee at a time and you can't inject it at the same time and you're paying 15 grand for that and then even though they approve it they'll claw back on you afterwards because the hospital really didn't get coverage on that and and rather than do all that we opted out of doing some of that yeah. because it's too much work it never gets approved and and we and but the I patient still puts the bill but yeah, the, the, yeah, I still thought the yeah. patient deserve the procedure because it works right and it's a couple grand so did i have to work really hard to make that procedure available in our clinic yeah was it what was it easy nope but was it worthwhile absolutely yes. mm -hmm. nothing's more gratifying than watching someone that walks in on a walker and walks out and has lunch because that's what we did to my mom that's what we did to one of my favorite physicians in the world that's probably my i mean he calls himself my dad i i i I mean, I treat, he's, he's not like an older brother. He's more like my father figure. And he's that way to a lot of people. Yeah. And he's one of the most important people in the world. And, you know, he, he's hobbling, walking with a cane for five years when we did the procedure to him. Hasn't used a cane in the last three. Yeah. So for me, there's a lot of procedures like that. Why in the world would you not approve that for someone? Well, 
There's but, no money in proving it. But, 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 <laughs> but, but we can deliver that procedure. I mean, you know, the problem is I couldn't figure out a way to do it away. Mm -hmm. We still have to have anesthesia. Yeah. But, but and so we had to create a private OR situation to be able to make it affordable for our patient. But I tried doing it to me awake. I tried doing it with the blocks. I tried doing it with the spinal. I tried doing it with everything I could do to make it tolerable. And I stuck that probe in the middle of the quad. So there's four places you have to do. And the most painful one's right in the quad. Stuck that probe in the quad. And it's got to be in there for two minutes, 45 seconds. I made it about a minute and a half. I was like, oh, hell no. Like, yeah. I can't. If I can't do it, I'm not going to expect my mom to go. Yeah. Right. And so there are some things we have to kind of amalgamate. But but we work really hard to make sure patients have choices and options yes. and now have a staff that can educate and navigate the waters for you. And I, and I could not be happier about how well we've been trying to put things together. So, yeah. Genuinely appreciate all the work you do. I appreciate all the work you do because without you, that there's there's going to be a lot of people without the, this option that doesn't they don't know it exists. Uh, I, 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 still, I still think way too many people don't know it exists, right? It, but, it, yeah. It's getting out. I think it's going to become more in the forefront as people pay more and more for their health care. They're going to seek choices that that's aren't exactly, cookie yeah. cutter. They'll start doing their own investigations and yeah. looking into the it. the prediction is within the next five to ten years you're going to see more catastrophic insurance plans, which is a twelve to sixteen thousand yeah. dollar deductible if that's even possible. Yeah. And then people are going to pay cash for all of their everyday services, yes. right? Their well visits and everything else. The Welcome thing that, to Europe. Yes. Yeah. But the thing yeah. we're going to Welcome encourage to is ask questions, right? If you're at your pharmacy, ask what ask the cash price is. Yeah. If you're getting an MRI, ask what the cash you price don't, is. Don't even go, when you go into a pharmacy, don't even pull out your nope, insurance card. Don't no. even show it to them. Ask what the ask cash the price is. Ask the cash price first. Yes. Because once you pull out your insurance card, they're not allowed nope. to tell you the cash That's price. Yeah. And the pharmacist is going to make less money charging you more because that yes. money goes to a benefit Somebody manager, else. not the pharmacy, and, it, and you're going to pay more. So even though your copay, well, my copay is only 20 bucks. Okay. Oh. But you could have, the cash pay price of that prescription may have been $3. Yeah. That. And the pharmacy's profit on you paying $3 is more than the pharmacy's profit is when you pay 20. Absolutely. Because it's, it's, the money goes to the benefit. It's a kickback to your insurance plan. Yes. It is. And they've negotiated that. So don't even pull your insurance card out when you go in. Say, hey. What's the, cash, the cash price, price in the script? Yeah. We advise our patients, I especially with especially with MRs or any other thing, I'm like, hey, call and ask what the cash price is. Don't say insurance. Say, and I give them the code, this code, say cash price, and then you make your decision. Yeah. And I'll then you can present your insurance. Because then, insurance. then, then you they're allowed, so. yeah. then they're not, then they're not governed by law and what they can tell you. That's correct. Because yeah. the system has put a law in place that protects it. Oh, yeah. Not you. Mm -hmm. Don't care about you. We care about you. Yeah, the system design, and they protected a system that they have laws in place to protect the system, and because that's how they got the system. Yeah, that's how it became the thing, right? But people can opt out of the system. Yes, they just try to make it look like you can't. And people yeah. that try to take choices away from you or not have your best interests at heart. When other people make decisions for you, yeah. they're they're probably not making the same decision you would. No, that's true. Anyway. They, I, I, thank you so much for this. I, I, yeah, I, thanks, Sheila, I, for coming I know, on. Thank you I know that me. this episode is going to be a lot. I'm going to have to rewatch it a couple of times probably to, to navigate where we're at. Um, and I do want to mention that um, before we go off and I give my traditional thank you and appeal for and how humbling it is that you, that you trust us with your care at all. And I genuinely want you, everyone to know how much we appreciate that. But I also want everyone to know that for the second time in three years, 
there is a school playing in a championship game this weekend that I'm extremely excited about going to. And so I'm hoping that my Saturday, which you know that it's a weird world when the quality of my whole weekend depends on what happens for a bunch of boys between 19 and 21 determine how my whole off season ends. I'm not um, showing up to work on Monday, just so everyone knows <laughs> if something happens. Here's so. the good news. Three, two years ago when we went, I was already celebrating and had t-shirts printed for the win. I don't, ex I don't expect us to win this week. But boy, <laughs> sure, sure would be nice, right? You're, you're um, going to cheer like a madman irregardless. We, we are a 13 and a half point underdog. And and I'm I and and I would and so if we lose and the and the kids look great it's an end of a great season I'm still thrilled but man if we win it would sure be a big pro it would be it would be first of all these boys have worked so hard yeah and and they've overcome so much we're just really young but I, I'm I could not be more proud of of Oklahoma State and 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 supporting the the orange and, and, and wanted to say thank you to all the kids on that team that have trusted us and, um, that, you know, go, go pokes before we sign off. So. <laughs> Alrighty guys, we hope you enjoyed listening. Please like and comment and subscribe too. And I guess I'll have everyone sign off. All right. Any last words? Sheila? Yeah. Any last words? Um, look at look at what you're getting. Look at what you're signing up for. And if you have questions, ask the questions. Find the answers. There's somebody out there who knows the answers to help you. So be your own advocate because sometimes you have to be. And just don't don't trust the system. Don't trust the system. Wow, whoever dot. thought whoever <laughs> thought that I would be not a part of the patriarchy, right? Like ah. <laughs> But no, it, uh, it, again, thank you everyone for your time and attention. And we, we genuinely care about all of you.